Hey, what's up? It's me, Dave Stone, former co-host of the Boogie Monster podcast. From 2016 to 2023, myself and my good buddy, Kyle Kinane, we'd get together each week, ramble on about ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, other mysteries of the universe. Uh, at least that was our initial intentions. Uh, but if you've listened before, you know that it usually devolved into disjointed rants about vans and fried chicken. During that time, we also had a Patreon page. We would offer up exclusive bonus episodes to our patrons, usually in the form of Q&A sessions. And even though the Boogie Monster is currently on an indefinite hiatus, we're offering up those old bonus episodes to the general population so that everyone can enjoy our old nonsense. Hopefully, someday soon, we'll dust off our microphones and resurrect the Boogie Monster. But until then, please enjoy this blast from the past from your old pals, Kyle and Dave. Thanks for listening. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. You'll find out what happened to Frankenstein and other stuff that never happened. Freaking nerds. The Boogie Monster. Podcasting the Unknown. What about now? We're rolling. Oh, we're rolling now? Soup's on. That's pretty cool. Chow's on. Bonus episode on. Oh, yeah. Q&A time, baby. I've, I've stopped Q and a. trying to be cute with the wordplay when I post it. Like, look at a A, you're right in the Q. Yeah. There's, there's a lot you could do with that, but I feel like I've kind of mined all the jokes out of that. So yeah. Just just ask us your questions. Or going, quell your antennas. That's Q&A. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. What you doing, buddy? Jet lag, baby. You're still jet lag. It's been like three days. I don't know if I'm jet lag. I've just been up since three in the morning, but probably because I drank a bottle of wine last night. What time did you go to bed? Uh, I don't know. We got pretty wrecked at dinner, and then we were out early. Like Wait, you woke up at three? Ten up at three. <laughs> started reading stuff on the goddamn internet. Yeah. And then the sun was coming up, and I was like, ah, I'm just up. You just, just stayed up. up. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I was reading that Reddit. I can't believe like what, a, what. I'm glad I didn't find that earlier. Yeah. Of what a time suck it can be. Like once in a while you get on a good, like, uh, what a post with a lot. You're like, oh, what's the re- creepiest real fact you've heard? And it's like interesting stuff. And people are coming in about all different kinds of stuff we could talk about on this podcast with uh, <clears throat> zero expertise. But uh, and that was kind. You know. It's kind of interesting. Like Stephen Hawking threw a party, but he only told people about the party after it happened to prove that time travel didn't exist. I don't get it. If he, Stephen Hawking, uh-huh. he's like, I'm at, like, if time travel exists, then you would know that he threw a party last Thursday and you would travel back in time to go to that party. So he threw a party. And then only told people he threw a party like a week later or something. And because nobody would, because because time travel doesn't exist, nobody showed up to the party. I don't think that proves <laughs> anything. I don't know, dude. It's just the smartest guy on earth telling you time travel is not real. But if you want to believe, I'm not these saying. fucking idiots we're reading about. <laughs> I'm not saying online. I don't believe he's incredibly <laughs> smart. I'm saying that. That experiment, I don't see what that proves. <laughs> it means that the whole point is to prove time travel's real. Uh-huh. So if you, if you can time travel, 
Say you're a time traveler. Cool. I threw a party last week. Show up to it. Well, just because the handful of people that maybe would have gone didn't go to that party doesn't mean that the overall concept of time travel doesn't exist. I'm confused. All right. Well, I'm just saying it was a, it was kind of a nice, smart-ass thing on old <laughs> I can bleep bloop Stephen Hawking over there. <laughs> Well, fucking R two D two there typing out his messages. <laughs> oh, dude, what does he have? What is his his problem? Uh, is it? <laughs> what's his problem? What's, uh, what's hey, dude, what's your problem? I think it's uh, MS. MS. I think that's what it is. Yeah, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. What's up with you? Oh, not much. Sexy Valentine's, huh? Oh, yeah. We're uh, well, so we're recording this. It's the day after Valentine's. Walk on the beach, man! It was like a goddamn rom com come to life. Yeah, just me and the missus just strolling on the beach. Eat spaghetti noodles until you <laughs> until you kissed. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no spaghetti noodles. But yeah, we you guys uh, you guys each ass end a chili dog until you were making out. <laughs> Oh, we lady in the tramp to fucking bowl of chili. Uh, that's hard to do. Did I say that sucking on a chili dog is one of the worst lyrics in music history? Fuck. Did we talk about that? Yes, John Mellon. Can we address that before? Yes, sucking on a chili dog outside the taste. Sucking on a chili dog. Ugh. What a fucking poser. Oh, yeah, we were talking about regional Springsteen's. But so I'm sorry. You had a nice, sexy Valentine's Day. Yeah, it was good. We went out to Santa Monica. Uh, lady... Uh, the lady, uh, my gal, Katie, yeah. uh, sprung for a nice hotel. Yeah. She's big into like the, uh, the staycations. Like we've done that before. Just like, Hey, let's Do go, to, in town, yeah. go to Long Beach for the night. Let's, you know, let's go to Santa Monica for one night, you know, you know someplace you can scratch your ass through the sheets yeah. and not worry about it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So it was a good time, but we went to dinner and uh, dinner was just kind of an impulse thing. Cause it was like. Where'd, yeah, let's just go where, out. Where'd you go? Uh, we wound up going to this place called Red O, or Red O. Uh, it's right there on Oh, it's uh, like a fancy Mexican place. They got one across the street from the Improv, too. Yes. Yeah. And it was just it was not anything we planned. It was just like, yeah, hey, let's go out. Let's get out on yeah. foot, wander around. And uh, we wanted to kind of beat the, 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 the rush, the dinner, the Valentine's dinner rush. So at like 5 o'clock, we're like, yeah, look, what's that place? Let's yeah. go in there. And a great meal. We had like this crazy like uh, seafood platter. Like uh, had a lobster tail and raw oysters. Oh and, yeah, uh, uh, tuna tartare and ceviche. It was awesome. But so they sit us at a two top, kind of how you and I are sitting here. Yeah. And then there's a table. I don't know, eighteen inches, two feet away from us. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, a lady, probably thirty, thirty-two, normal-looking lady. May have been Latino, couldn't tell, just, you know, tan, yeah. you know, semi-attractive. Olive lady. skin. Olive skin lady. And uh, three young children. Uh, I don't know if they were all hers or she was the nanny or whatever, but three kids, none of which older than three years old. Like um, mm. one and a half, two, three, you know, three young, young children. Well, one of them, like, in, <laughs> God damn it. They're not cute to everybody, all right? One of all right, and, all right, so Katie's sitting across from me. She's sitting on like a bench, a shared bench seat up yeah. against the wall, 
and then uh, there's a gap, and then the next table, and then she had a chair. Sure, so sure. bench seat was connecting Katie to whomever was sitting at the next table. Yeah. Well, whomever was sitting at the next table was this lady and one of her little rugrats. And the little rugrat, at first it was cute, just walked over, like, standing on the bench. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And, like, right next to Katie. Like, you know, yeah. oh, you're my new friend. And uh, started eating our chips and salsa. Which at first uh, was like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, but you wrangle that in pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. The whole meal. At least 30 minutes of back and forth dealing with this kid and sticking its dirty, disgusting fucking hands into our chip. Oh, fuck that. And fuck chip that. Salsa. And then the lady, at first she makes a con- Oh, Oh, this is what was funny, too. I swear to God, this kid had to be a year and a half old, 18 yeah. months at the most, uh, with a dress. With a pink hoodie, with the hoodie up, dress, yeah. pink hoodie, 18 months, Katie goes, uh, oh, what a cute little girl. It's a boy. It's a boy. Her sister dressed her. And then I kind of, under my breath, like, yeah, Katie, how dumb of you to assume a young child in a pink dress. Yeah. You know, it's a, like so quick. Like she had that cocked and loaded, like everywhere she goes. Oh, she's a boy. Oh, she, she knew boy. she was going to have to deal then, with that. And then we're like. Okay, whatever. And then the kid's just back and forth, you know, wandering up and down on this bench. And, like, every three minutes, just, like, literally touching Katie's shoulder, scooping chips. Oh, no. You didn't say anything? Eventually, I just said, uh, what did I say? I said, oh, and she was eavesdropping on our conversation, too, the, the adult. Yeah. You know? Uh, but when the kid's like all over Katie, she's looking down at her phone. Yeah. But then when we're just trying to enjoy our Valentine's dinner, I could tell she's just kind of like eavesdropping. So finally, and Katie and I were talking about her and this yeah. kid. Like, can you? And Katie said something like, uh, "You know, enough to where she could hear it. Like, oh, could you imagine? You know, our parents. Like, could you imagine the trouble we would have got into? Yeah. And I just said, yeah. Uh, what did I say? Oh, the cuteness is wearing off real quick. Yeah. I said that real loud, and then kind of looked mm-hmm. at her. And she kind of just like looked through me, like she didn't hear it. Like, really? can, I know she heard me, but she was kind of like, uh-huh. like, oh, I'll pretend I didn't hear that. But just thirty minutes of just this fucking. Oh man, no rat. way, no. Like, why do you think she was maybe a nanny and not their mom? I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, after the fact, I said I hope she's the nanny who's just because she her can't job. like discipline the kids. Or, no, way. even that. Because if you're their mom, you'd be like. Sit down. And it felt like she was their mom, though, because the kid, same complexion or whatever. But, like, just no, not once did she discipline the child or say, hey, come here, leave them alone. No, that's why I would have been like, hey, we're trying to have a nice dinner. And if you want to pay for this for us, let your kids do whatever they want. But we're trying to have a nice dinner. It's Valentine's Day. Get your kids under control. And then, or just go to the go to the server and be like, we're going to switch tables because yeah. this, this woman can't handle her kids and they're coming over here touching all our stuff. We were so, like, befuddled that we're like – yeah, like I couldn't like normally now I you know I have all these you know lines I would have liked to. Say. Oh yeah, after the fact. But it's, it was like, are you fucking kidding me? How long mm-hmm. is this shit gonna go on? And then she pulls this one. This was weird too. Uh, I could hear her ordering, and she goes, "Do you have any more any salsa that's spicier? I mean, we need mm-hmm. really spicy salsa." And the lady's like, "No, we don't have any more salsa. I can bring you some habanero sauce that we yeah. put on the blah blah blah." And she goes, "Okay." Then, five minutes later, they're eating this habanero sauce, and then it's the same little grimy-ass kid, I guess, got a hold of one, yeah. and it was a little too hot. And then the mother just hand, hands a chip towards me and goes, can he have some of your cheese? He, this, this sauce is a little too hot. And I go, cheese? She goes, yeah, do you have any cheese? We had some uh, elote. 
We had the Mexican yeah. street corn in a bowl. Yeah, yeah. I guess she thought that was cheese dip. And I just went, yeah, I don't have any cheese. But she did it like... Almost like if I were the husband or the father, like here, you oh, help, no, help, that's a, that's help a do bro- something with my child. That's a broken human being yeah, that fuck forgot. You. It. Yeah, no, He's that fucking inconsiderate, yeah. fucking. I won't do a gendered pr- fucking asshole. Yeah, you know, like Jesus, get a hold of your Santa, fucking kids. Santa Monica, baby. Just, just yeah. oh, isn't he adorable? Oh, just uh, yeah. the world revolves around us. Just. Fuck Valentine's Day. Fuck your expensive ass meal. My stupid fucking kid wants some of your chips. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you allowed this. The, I, re- I, the relationship has tamed you. Well, it was just it was a nice place, and I knew yeah. I knew I couldn't do it and it not be awkward for the rest of the meal. So I was just gritting my teeth like fuck. But towards the end, I just said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, that cuteness factor is wearing off real quick." And I said it to Katie, but I said it, and I know she heard me. It's just like any dropping hints and even that. Just no, uh, uh-uh. uh, what? Ra- Rachel's real good about like <clears throat> we sat at some place to eat and like next it's just some guy who just <clears throat> couldn't stop like hacking and sneezing into a handkerchief. Like get up and go to the bathroom, yeah. and blow your nose. Like, <clears throat> and Rachel's just like, oh hell no, and just got her drinks. Like just moved to just picked her another table. Like yeah. I'm not sitting next to that to eat. I'm like, yeah, no, not at all. But it just. It was like no, that's a that's a real I couldn't believe. Uh, and she's gonna raise kids that are just like her. So yeah, just great all times running wild and like and then okay, here's the other thing. All right, she was by herself, no husband, no husband, alone on. <sighs> I can't believe I can't believe that catch wasn't paired up. I know that we're progressive and we're liberal and uh, gender is fluid, and I get if the kid is <laughs> nine, ten, eleven. Hey, mom, dad, guess what? I think I want to be a woman, and I'm going to start wearing women's clothes. By all means, go ahead and do that. But, like, 18-month-old, am I – all right, am I just being a – a closed-minded jackass. A two-year-old no. shouldn't. Should just. What's wrong with just dressing the, your your gender? A baby is like a dog. Unless I'm looking at its crotch, which I don't want to be, I'm not going to be able to tell what gender it is. Yeah. So if you dress it up like what a girl would be dressed as traditionally, I would assume it's a girl. Absolutely. This, I think, you just ran into. Uh, you know, like we're, there's times where like it's hard to believe that someone's has their head up their ass that yeah. much, but they're out there. Oh yeah, you know you deal with them. Well, what it is, it's this <laughs> this selfie culture, this true housewives culture mm-hmm. of I'm fabulous, I'm great, you yeah. suck, me, 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 me. When those fucking idiots have kids, that's what happens. Yeah, it's uh, well, yeah, it's the uh, there's no shame in the world yeah. anymore. It's uh, I'm. This is who I am, and you're gonna have to deal with it. Yeah. No, you should want to be a better person yeah. for the world you that you're bringing your kids into. Oh, by the way, this is the bonus episode. You just paid for that. So I had to go outside and uh, meet my landlord for a minute there. Oh yeah, yeah. Got caught up telling about his wife broke her jaw. How'd her wife break her jaw? He, she he, she fell down, and then she went to a hospital, and they gave her. Too much painkillers and she almost died. It was an intense story. But I couldn't be like, yeah, I get it about your wife almost dying. I got to get back inside and record my podcast (laughs) about fucking ghosts. So let's wrap it up. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 
unbelievable behavior. Some real shitbirds out there. Not even an attempt to be like, you know, Austin or whatever the fuck his name was. Get over here and leave those people alone. Just, no. Isn't he cute? Did you have, did you manage to salvage your your day? Oh, yeah. Your fun, delightful day? Yeah, it was a, you know, I'm not going to let that uh, spoil the night. But uh, other than that, we had a good time. I mean, it was a real cliche, just walking on the beach. We walked on the Santa Monica Pier. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. It's good times. Short of feeding each other grapes. You had a nice, you're having a nice time, Dave. Your life's getting on track. <laughs> I'm proud of you. All time. Yeah, you know, I figure once I turn 40, I'll start getting my shit together. That's, hey, people take their time. People take their time getting on track. What about you, buddy? How was uh, how was big Valentine's Day dinner? We just walked down to Musso and Frank's, classic Hollywood yeah. steakhouse. What'd you get? Every booth, I got a steak. Yeah, what kind? Just a bone-in ribeye. Ooh. Yeah, real good. Brussels sprouts, wedge salad. Love a wedge. Yeah, love a wedge. Love Blue a wedge. Crumbles. Blue get? cheese crumbles, little bacon bits. Bacon. I love a wedge. That's nice, buddy. And then... uh. It's funny because it's like old Hollywood place, but every time you go in there, like we're gonna give you a real special booth tonight, and I, you can tell it's like when uh, like landlords will tell you about when they're you're gonna rent an apartment, and every apartment somebody famous stayed oh, in, yeah. and moves on. Frankly, you're getting you're gonna get Charlie Chaplin's booth. It's like every booth in this place is Charlie Chaplin's yeah. booth. But they had like a fun story about him and Rudolph Valentino racing horses down the. Hollywood Boulevard, back really? when the studios would close. Yeah, whether it's true or not, it's I, I like when somebody's bullshitting me, not to try and scam me. Uh-huh. I'm like, go for. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, I love. Uh, give Give me a tale. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, give me a entertain me. I love a time. Decipher it. You know. So yeah, yeah. So, but it was fun. We got steaks, <laughs> bottle of wine, bottle of wine. Yeah, the kid over here got recognized. Really? And the sommelier. Shout out to uh, shout out to Ryan over at Moose on Franks. So on the house, so, a he of wine. gave me a bottle of wine. So it gave was us the house a bottle or of wine. another another diner saw you and. No, it was it was the sommelier. It was really? the wine expert of Moose on Franks. Nice. And it was, I was like, I wanted to be like, was like as soon as he gave it to us, I'm like, look at the wine. Let's see how much it was. But I, I don't know if what, but it was good wine. And I just was like very grateful. It was very nice of him. And then we drank it, and we got drunk, and uh, Charlie Chaplin's booth. That's cool, man. That I feel like fucking if, pedophile. <laughs> I feel like if I ever got Charlie Chaplin was a, is a terrible person. If I ever got recognized, I feel like they would just send over a two liter of root beer. Maybe, sir. Compliments of the house. Just on just the just arm, like, yeah. Wrapped with a towel. What, what, what year is this? <laughs> Is uh, what's the deal with Charlie Chaplin? He's, he's, he was a pedophile for real. I he was just a philanderer and yeah. fucked anything that moved. Huh? Uh, but I mean, outside of that, you know, great, wonderful what he did, wonderful work in Let's the be film, a golden age of film. Is this a is this a stupid statement? Like silent silent mm-hmm. era film stars. How hard could that be? Fucking run around and fall mm-hmm. off a bike. Well, you hear about uh, uh, was it Harold Lloyd? This guy's got beat up. Like a th- even the Three Stooges. I mean, yeah, they're just stuntmen. Yeah, that's it. They were stuntmen because that's how. Yeah, that's how you're 
conveying the story in comedy is by falling down all mm-hmm. the time. So I think it was yeah the stunts I get, but anything I think it was pretty hard. You just kind of yeah running around with a goofy look on your face. Do that. I'm just saying it's a thing. Uh, what do you say we answer these questions? Yeah, from our delightful listener pa- patrons because they want to know stuff. Yeah, they earned it. What should we let's get into it? Do you think this format's getting stale? Do you think what we're format running out of questions to ask us? Well, I haven't read these questions four yet. Four bucks a month. Should we like do something? Should we like put on a puppet show and film it and give it to them? No. Oh, okay. Fuck that. They, you want you ask a question, you get an answer for the question. Yeah. All right. Just make it sure. That's good. That's a good trade. Okay. And I'm sorry if we don't get to all of them. I'm flattered that we would have so many. Yeah, we do have quite a few today. And we could have gotten them more. Uh-huh. But uh, you had to deal with that bitch at the restaurant. All right. What do we got? Let's start with the first one. Brad Burns. Might have wrote these in the wrong spot earlier, but here are three quick ones. Brad trying to sneak in three. That's that's sneak. not the first one. That's the most recent one. Well, it's the first in the list that I'm reading. Okay. Kyle, what would be the best bike setup for Bigfoot? Obviously, an all mountain bike. <clears throat> Bigfoot's not a downhiller. Uh-huh. He doesn't want a hard tail. He probably takes a lot of hits on the knees already. Probably got bad joints. You want to give him a full suspension all mountain bike with long travel suspension because he's a big dude and there's going to be a lot of weight on there. Dave, Lady Bigfoot is coming to dinner with her parents. What's the dinner you would cook to impress the new in-laws? See, you get a lot of these questions. Like, Yeah, well, nobody's going to ask us about for real information because we don't have any. I mean, is this a metaphor? Like, like, what would I cook a real lady to impress her parents or like an actual female Bigfoot and her parents? You would... <laughs> You would bone down with a lady Bigfoot. Yes or no? That's a question from Kyle Kinane. Uh-huh. Would you bang a female Bigfoot if it was cons- it was consensual? Well, yeah. All right. So that happens. You knock her up with a half-cryptid, half-Dave baby. Uh-huh. Parents are coming over. I think you would go to them. I don't think the parents, just because of this weird... Uh, forbidden love would actually breach their secrecy and mm-hmm. come to the east side to your van. You're going in the woods. It's camp dinner. Uh-huh. I'd probably just bring them like a dead elk. That's probably what are they omnivores? Oh yeah, I think I think a, a squatch is an omnivore. They'll eat everything, whatever. Like a bear. Yeah. Oh, I definitely think a squatch is an omnivore. I think they eat a lot of berries and vegetation, but I think they they kill a lot of deer and elk and wild boar. When they can, they have a treat. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably probably go uh, procure a dead elk and bring that over and just uh, not even cook it. Just throw it on the floor and be like, thought I'd bring something. Then they'd be like. That was terrible. Thank you. You ever hear those? There's some. Uh, if you if you YouTube Sierra Squatch sounds, <laughs> that is not. Yeah, that's creepy. That's a guy. That's Matthew McConaughey's song from Wolf of Wall Street. Danielle McCammett asks, "What are your favorite dinosaurs?" 
I like a brontosaurus. I like the bra- the big long. Looks like it. Back the biggest the one, yeah. Slide. I like uh, his, even though he's uh, he's vegetarian. I just I, I felt like they were mm. just they weren't worried about anything. Yeah, whatever. T Rex. Hard to be. Yeah, hard to be attacked. Yeah. Uh. I like a pterodactyl. Yeah. Pterodactyl. They found some, like, they just found a tail of, I forget, I don't know what kind of dinosaur, but perfectly preserved in amber, Jurassic Park style. Really? Like, yeah. They, they found perfectly yeah, some. Preserved. T- yeah. Did God put that there to test us? I think, I, honestly, I'll still go back to how we're talking about how in Korea for $100,000 or one hundred fifty k, you can have your dog cloned. Like, if, you, if your dog. You talk about that? I didn't bring that up. I brought that up. I must not have been listening. If your dog dies, you can just take the DNA from it and they'll make a new one. Really? Yeah. For 150 grand? Yeah. But um, if that technology is already there, Uh you know, you know, military is already messing with this. And then they have something called, uh, oh shit, what's it called? Where you can like splice your own DNA. Stem cell thing? No, it's like a DNA kit. And that's where it's like now outside of science, like laboratories, you can buy this kit for yourself and start experimenting with your own DNA. And you put an envelope and send it off to 23andMe? No, no, like you straight up can just create. It's what's it called? DNA machine. I'm looking it up. DNA home kit. (laughs) What's it called? No, not this stuff. This is all paternity tests. (laughs) It's oh god, I'm shit. I just was reading about it. Anyway, uh, so that, uh, I think they will be able to create dinosaurs, hmm. or anything for that matter. I think anything that you can access the DNA of, they'll be able to regenerate that cool. kind of thing. Also, I like Stegosaurus. Uh, Uncle Rico says, I think Cheez-Its are an acceptable side to a sandwich, but my fiance thinks I'm psychotic every time I sit down with a PB&J with those delicious cheese-flavored squares. Tell me I'm right and the cheese is a crazy one. You uh, are right. No, man. Fuck Cheez-Its, dog. Fuck you, dude. Fuck Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its are great. Cheez-Its suck, man. You suck. Cheez-Its are trash. Really? You want You want it? Yeah. I, You're out of your mind. I hate them. I from, love them. Uh, from a young age, I'm just... <laughs> They're like they're just like skunky triskets. They're like oh, they're like how dare they're like skank crackers. They're skank. A trisket should be so lucky. Skanky crack pepper triscuits. Trisket should be so crack lucky. black pepper triscuits. A goddamn onion sack. Who doesn't like Fucking onions? Burlap sack. If you're gonna get a cheese, if you're gonna get a cheese, a crunchy cheese item. You get not hot Cheetos, but jalapeno cheddar Cheetos. You can't fuck with those. I've spoken. What's that got to do with Triscuits? I'm just saying I would rather eat Triscuits. No. I'd rather eat a cup of thumbnails than Cheez-Its. No. No. I, I, I think Cheez-Its, the, uh, the best cheese cracker on the market, uh, unless they still make better cheddars. Do you remember better cheddar? The real, they're, they're circular disc, but real thin. Those were great back in the day. I'm saying cheddars. get yourself some Triscuits mm-hmm. and then put a piece of cheese on it. Yeah, and then be an adult. Fucking destroys the roof of your mouth. And it tastes like nothing. You're a, you're a baby. Jesus Christ. You're a baby. 
It hurts my mouth. Straight Justice Dave can't eat a Triscuits. I can eat. I just choose not to because they suck. Guy wants to fight a wolf, won't eat a Triscuit. Brian Lee asked, Kyle Day, what was your first concert or show you attended? That's a great question. What's your first concert? <clears throat> 1991. 1990. Poison and Warrant at the Rosemont Horizon. Really? Yep. It's the loudest thing. Every time, every time a girl would flash, I was always looking in the wrong direction. I was so pissed. It's like you've been like 14. Yeah, thirteen, eighth grade. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was always like behind you. People cheer like, oh, and I turn around and miss it. And then I turn around and miss it again. I'm like, oh, there's, there's just naked boobs out around me. This has never happened before. That's awesome. Uh, 1994, Filter at the Masquerade in Atlanta. Hey, man, knife shot. Filter. Remember that song? They do that that hey, picture song, man. too. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of softened up there. but Yeah, the ballad. Uh, yeah, I was like 17, 16. Went to the... Masquerade and that was a great place to see a show. Saw a bunch of metal shows and stuff down there. But uh, yeah, it's a good time. Sam Thomason said, Do you think ghosts have a set time that they're on earth messing with people? Well, they're always on earth if they're ghosts. Unless someone died in space. How come I don't see no fucking caveman ghosts? Good question. Wow. Maybe maybe it's a level of consciousness. That you have to achieve in order to become a ghost, much like, you know, some form of Buddhist enlightenment. <clears throat> Although ghosts seem to be born of turmoil. It's never like somebody's a ghost because like, man, I was having so much fun. I wanted to stick around. I was like, no, I was had my face cut off when I was 10. And now I'm going to stay here because that sucked. And I'm looking I'm back. I'm still looking for my face every day. This faceless boy. It's just bloody mess. Just where's I'm looking for my face. Um, but what's his question? Do they have a certain a lot of amount of time that they can? Let me say, yeah, or maybe is there a delay after death before you can start haunting? Where are the nine eleven ghosts? That's a good one. Well, it's because it was an inside job, so everybody. I think died. I think I failed to mention this a couple episodes ago when we were talking about reincarnation. But there have been, uh, you know, listed off several examples of uh, children who knew stuff about a past life. There had there were several cases thus far of young children claiming they died in nine eleven. Really, mm-hmm. like little kids being like, "I used to work at the World Trade Center, <laughs> and then a then a desk fell on my head <laughs> with Biddy the tiny mutual funds was." All right. Well, I think it's because yeah, an untimely exit that your soul didn't was not, you know, you you were not prepared to graduate to the afterlife if there is one. If I am to believe in ghosts, you know, I think it's having your life energy immediately ended and transferred, like it got locked. It got locked in the in the purgatory. Mm-hmm. So. I don't, maybe it takes time for ghosts to like settle in. Hmm. Maybe ghosts are maybe ghosts don't understand their ghosts, and that's why they're not appearing. And maybe eventually they're like, "Oh, I'm a ghost. I'm going to be a ghost." And it takes a long time. <clears throat> Much like maybe being a Buddhist, you got to keep like reincarnation. You got to keep learning lessons. Maybe a ghost has to just sit like 
over and over again, doesn't know it's a ghost. <clears throat> or does a ghost wake up every time it wakes up, it thinks it's the same day that it died. Hmm. Ghosts are always doing the same thing, right? Yeah. Walking from that side over to that side. Maybe they're just stuck repeating their final motions. Maybe it's like a, I don't know, man, like how you, if you look at the sun too long and get black spots burned in your eyes, mm-hmm. maybe it's that kind of like spiritual energy pattern burnt into the third dimension that we're in. Well, I do like the, the question of like the caveman the film ghost. exposure. Like it seems like every ghost we hear about is at the most a couple hundred years old. Oh, I saw a ghost in a Revolutionary War uniform yeah. or Civil War <laughs> uniform. Maybe that's because over here our our history is only four or five hundred years old. Yeah. You know, maybe in Europe or something. I wonder if there are ghosts that are, you know, from you know, Christ well, era from you yeah. know, the third century here. Or maybe you got to believe in the idea of a ghost to become a ghost. Hmm. If you don't think ghosts are real, wouldn't that be a real son of a bitch if you became a ghost? Yeah. You know, maybe it's a, a like I said, maybe it's a conscious, you know, an enlightened consciousness type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, same way cavemen, I'm, you know, Probably not thinking about God or the afterlife or anything. Yeah. yeah <clears throat> stupid. I, I, I mean, they invented fire. Joey Pancakes. Good. It's a great handle. Joseph Pancakes. Joey Pancakes says, how do you deal with being in a slump, either creatively or just in life in general? That's a good question. You're, you're, are you out of your slump? You were in a slump. Uh, yeah, a I, wrote, I wrote some bits. Yeah. I wrote some new bits. You know what I do as far as creatively? I don't know if you do this, but I love going back through my old notebooks, like premises mm-hmm. that I wrote out five years ago, ten years ago. Maybe back then I wasn't a good enough comic to do something with that premise, but maybe Yeah, now. I've been revisiting some stuff. Like so, stuff that never made it to the stage. Yeah, it's a good prompt, you know, like, oh, I can't think of something new to write about. Well, I'm punch up the old stuff. I have a hard time listening. I'll tape sets, but I can't listen to them. Yeah. I always get, go nuts when I'm listening to them. Because I always think I wrote that down for a reason Yeah, eight years ago or whenever, but I never could. Back then, I couldn't turn it into anything, but maybe now I can. So I love going back through old notebooks and finding old ideas. Yeah, especially when it's like if it's comedy-related slumps, I just book a bunch of shows. Yeah. And I'll get – eventually, I'll get sick of – bombing uh-huh. and you know comedy was one of the only things like one of the only creative pursuits that you cannot practice in a vacuum yeah so the only way to get out of it is to just do sets so if i'm like oh man i'm sucking lately, like all right well go out and suck again tonight are you sick of sucking yeah then write jokes try stuff try different stuff on stage because what you're doing isn't working yeah <clears throat> and that's it and it's you know, when I had a day job, it was easy, like, just to not go on stage. It's like, no, this is your job now. Go out there and f- get, you know, yeah, snap out of it. So that's what I did. When it's comedy, I just deal with it. What about life in general? Life in general? I think change is a big part of that. Yeah. I don't like being in the same routine for too long. Yeah, you can start getting numb. Uh, That's why I'm thinking about uh, moving indoors. Uh, That'd be a big step for you. But that, no, seriously, like I told you off the air, I think uh, thinking about trying to, if I do get a place soon, I might try the west side. Just change the pace, change Uh, the scenery. It was nice knowing you. Mm -hmm. 
say hi to Orvidal. Yeah. I never see him anymore. Does he live over there? Yeah, he lives in Culver City. I know. Uh, does Nate Craig and uh, Fairbanks still live in Venice? Yeah, they're still out there. I love it when Nate tells me like he's visiting town. He's like, I'm on the east side. What's going on? You anybody got a place I can crash? Yeah. <laughs> I almost feel bad like I'm staying in tonight. Sorry. Um, I think also physical activity. Exercise, uh-huh. not for the sake of getting in shape or anything, but just for the sake of sweating out your poisons yeah. and getting some sunlight. Natural antidepressant. I was telling my buddy, uh, you know, he's like bumming out. And it's important. I'm like, I know it sounds silly, but like you're right by the Park District gym. Just go. I mean, it's, you know, it's in Chicago. It's winter and it sucks. Yeah. So it's not like a sunlight thing. It's like, just go. I mean, it's, I know going to a gym is a, Never something any of my friends like he was just laughing at me like I'm I know you're not going to get in shape though you're going to not be depressed just go get get an exercise I got an exercise bike for free online a spin bike nice with a little clip and shoes uh-huh. put on your favorite podcast uh-huh. or put it in front of the TV and just pedal and sweat out whatever's bugging you yeah it's a very simple it's a very simple. Uh, you know, bummer alleviation. I'm not talking about how to deal with clinical depression, but I can uh, tell you how to handle the blues. Jake Williams asked, Dave, what's one traditional southern food you can't stand or at least just dislike? I grew up in the Florida panhandle, but I hate grits. Well, fuck you, Jake. Uh, <laughs> I love grits. I don't know why anybody would not like Cream grits. Cream of wheat. But, uh, no, that's a shame. Again, I don't know, man. Try some... Throw a bunch of butter in there, Jake, and get get the homemade, get the the good shit, not the instant shit. Um, man, that's part of my problem as a big dude is there's literally, and I'm not exaggerating, no hyperbole. There's no food like now. There are things that are edible that you know maybe not traditional, but there's no traditional food that I dislike. Pickled pig's feet. I'll eat a pig's feet. I ate one a couple months ago. Eat pig's feet, no big deal. Like, there's really no, like, standard food that I yeah. – tr- there's food I dislike. There's foods I like more than others. But I can't think of a normal-type food that you would put on my plate that I would go, ugh, no thanks. What, what would what, – I need no food. There's no food. I'm Seriously, I can't think – now, you know. Big stack of Triscuits. I mean, I'll eat them. <laughs> you know. It took me to go just, just bleeding out of your face. But I'm serious, like, you know, when you're a kid, it's all the weird vegetables. You know, Brussels sprouts. I love all that shit. Yeah. Any vegetable. I'll eat any meats. Uh, I've got my couple of things. I don't like eel when I eat sushi. Yeah. It's a texture thing. It's like a living thing that's mushy. Yeah. Um Really chewy, like tripe is sometimes a little bit like that. Well, okay, then you're getting into kind of the freak foods. Like like chitlins. Chitlins and tripe and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I mean, yeah, I've had all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't seek it out. It's not like, ooh, I'm just, I'm in the mood for some tripe. You know what I like that's terrible for anybody but also forgot what like chicken livers oh yeah I like, chicken. <laughs> like the gizzards they're gizzards. gizzards livers what's no, gizzards gizzards i think are something in the something in, something in the neck i had that was in china something on a skewer it was just a yeah. bunch of them on a skewer and they're like crunchy and irony Mm-mm-mm-mm. yeah you know that shit but yeah i wish there was something like uh i mean i don't know i guess i don't i don't i'm not a big fan of tartar sauce Really? I'll eat you it. want to dunk a fish stick in a tartar sauce? Nah, I think it just it goes too far the other way. It just I don't know. 
I love a tartar sauce. I love a cream-based spread. Your mayonnaises, your Miracle Whips, your yeah. blue cheese dressings. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Your thicker honey mustard spreads. I love meeting an adult who, who just... I don't eat mayonnaise. I know a bunch of strong people who don't... Mayonnaise, I can understand if somebody doesn't like mayonnaise. I, <laughs> I still laugh. Was it Undercover Brother? I never saw that. Oh, fuck Yeah. <clears throat> Where he's got to like infiltrate, he's got to be a white person and infiltrate like the white community. I don't think he, I think he's just black, but has to be like friends of white people. And it's all like James Bond shit, but to help him get through. And he's like, <clears throat> like all the stuff that's going to happen. He's like, in something that may, in a worst case scenario, you may have to eat mayonnaise. And he's just like, oh god. He's <laughs> like, but we have this wristwatch that will squirt out an ample amount of hot sauce in the event that you're forced to eat mayonnaise oh. and says it douses it in hot sauce so he can eat it. That's funny. Hot <laughs> sauce and mayonnaise. That, man, that's a good one. That Sriracha oh, that's an underrated movie. Oh, yeah, First I time you realize that, that um, uh, Doogie Howser, what's Neil Patrick Harris, uh-huh. when you saw him like as an adult oh, and really? also being like a real funny dude, you're like, Oh shit! That guy was gone for a long time, and now he's an adult, and he's real funny. Huh? Um, yeah, undercover brother. Uh, Jared T T A D T I E D. Jared says, "Given your past delvings into ghost hauntings, reincarnation, past lives, at all, what would each of you like done with your remains after death? Have you made any legal verbal plans? I haven't made any plans." I was thinking, and this goes back to also talking about old premises. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I have organ donor uh-huh. on my thing, but it doesn't mean. I, I this is sounds wandering. But I read a book called "Smoke Gets in Your Eyes," uh-huh. and I think it's by Caitlin Doty, and uh, it was about her being a, a mortician's intern and working <clears throat> like her first jobs in a crematorium and everything, and just like. <clears throat> Just like getting boxes of heads from the medical lab, like to be cremated. So that's what happens. They take your organs, and then the rest of you just gets burnt up. Huh. And uh, don't you have a joke about organs going? To- well, that was I was I was trying to make a joke about like you want to donate your body to science, but you don't know, like you don't know what science in your head. It's like, oh no, this is so people will learn, yeah, about the body and help others, and it's like, and I'm like, no, it could just go to like sports science and you could just be propped up in front of uh, one of those automatic tennis ball shooters that they're seeing how high it can go before it breaks bones so they know what to put on the warding label on the side like you don't know where you're gonna go like you you don't get to direct it like what experiment yeah like they're just gonna let you get eaten by raccoons just to see what happens (laughs) I like the idea of those those body farms where they would just leave bodies out to decompose so they can study, oh. you know, like how to determine things from crimes. And huh. uh, that's why they do. Yeah. So you can like do research on that. But I, I would like to be, you know, take what Hey, good luck rooting around this old refrigerator for something you can use a <laughs> bunch of bunch of moldy oranges and some old salsa. But uh Take what you can and uh, and burn the rest. Have you seen this thing? I don't know if this is legal yet or legit, but I've seen some stuff online about these. Um, basically, you take the dead body and you you put it. Uh, it's like planting a tree. 
Mm-hmm. You put it in this base of a new tree. Yeah. And you plant it, and then a tree grows from your body. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, now you're a tree. Yeah, like, I, I, the idea of cemeteries, I just, that's for the living. You're dead already. Uh-huh. What ego says I got to have the biggest tombstone? Like, I need to take up real... Or make cemeteries also golf courses. Like, you shouldn't have to use that much real estate for both those things. Bury the bodies, have a plaque next to the tee-off with the list of all the people that are under the fifth hole, and there you go. You've just opened up a lot of real estate. This just opened up a lot of land. That was a story, I think, what Poltergeist was based on. It was a cemetery in San Diego that instead of uh, digging up the bodies, they just removed the headstones and started building houses on it. I remember that was the uh-huh. that was the premise of Poltergeist. Yeah. That's what I read this morning on Reddit when I was up at 3 in the morning. But, yeah, just I also had a joke, too, about uh, if you wanted to uh, – oh, shit, I already forgot what I was going to say. Hmm. Something about – yeah, if you don't, fuck. And then I'm pissed because I want to do new jokes, but you're saying go back to old premises. Oh, yeah, about I would have my body cremated and then sprinkled on the, the carpeting at my parents' house with a little sign that says, who's not vacuuming now? That's right. That's from your first album, isn't it? Did I have that on a record? It's on your first album. Well, shit. Yeah. I thought I had a new bit. I wouldn't well, mind a Viking for me. Oh, burnt in a little boat? That'd be pretty cool. We'll just push your van out to a field. There you go. That's probably where they'll find my body. <laughs> yeah. We didn't even need to move him. We just had to light it up. He died. He, he farted himself to death anyway, so we're just going to throw a match in there and see what happens. I that the other day about the, the probability. Could you of, fart yourself to death? I don't know. I'm sure. I'm going to look that up. That's what I'll look up. There's a good chance they're going to find my body either in the van or in a Motel 6. That was a joke. I was at Motel Six when that was an old talking about old jokes with uh, what's the guy's name, Josh Modell or whatever. Oh yeah, Tom Modell. Tom Modell, from Motel Six. We'll leave the light on for you so you can identify your attacker. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Hunter asks, "What's your uh, go-to dessert when you're out to eat? What's your you got a go-to dessert? Like when it's uh, I'm a grown man. I don't eat dessert. You don't eat dessert? <clears throat> no. Seriously? Not interested." <laughs> If I've eaten a whole meal, I've eaten my meal. I don't need sweets. I've e- I've eaten enough food. I've eaten the food I need to eat. Now, if I'm out, if I'm eating a meal and then I'm out walking around the town, uh-huh. and there's a frozen yogurt place with a lot of fun toppings, sure, I'll do that. I've every time I've had ice cream, I've been like, that was good. But I don't plan on the dessert. Yeah. Yeah, I rarely get dessert in a meal because, yeah. I love a drumstick. But, uh, man, I'll take a good piece of tiramisu. That's my favorite dessert. Or or some good banana pudding. Do you want to see what came up after I wrote, Can You Fart Yourself? Oh, God. Can you fart yourself to death? Can you fart yourself awake? Can you fart yourself thin? Can you fart inside yourself? Can you make yourself fart? Can you make yourself fanny fart? Fanny fart. <laughs> fart. Well, first off, can you... F- well, as much as I want to always hate Vice, the first result is it possible to kill someone with farts from Vice.com because of course. Of course. 
They did. I, fi- I told you I farted so much I set off a CO2 detector in my parents' guest bedroom. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> Fucking twice. Yeah, a few years ago. I was back for the holidays. I was in the, my old bedroom, which is like a little tiny guest bedroom now. And I guess I just beefed so hard that that thing went off. And it is a terrifying sound. Yeah, I did that. You ever spent uh, enough time around a certain group of friends or whomever where you can uh, identify someone's fart? No. Boy, I got a couple <laughs> buddies where it's like, yep, that's you. Like they got I, the, I don't want to know that much about them. They got their own uh, signature scent. I had one, but I'm not going to name his name, but God damn. Just <laughs> fucking take it easy, dude. Just... I mean, there's some every five minutes, just vicious, just violent farts. That see, that's like a blessing and a curse because I, as much as like I'm a, an adult, I won't eat dessert. God damn, bury me, dude. You know what? Cremate my body if I don't laugh at a fart because I'm dead. A couple weeks ago, you denied uh, my ability to urinate for over a minute. Which, Did you prove me wrong? No, I'll, I'll totally. Well, we do need to do an experiment. But uh, in that uh, vein, longest fart. Yeah, have like a. I've had a couple that just. I, I've had some. I've I had I did remember one specific time where I got the whole sentence of like you have got to be kidding me. I was able to say that in the middle. With a long prefix and suffix. <laughs> like, it was long enough where I had to say that, and then it kept going. Ugh. And I was like, this might be how you die. Oh, man. But I was thinking, like, can, like, but no, can, like, the fumes, if you're in an enclosed area, uh-huh. and you fart too much, can you die? I, I wouldn't think so. You could, unless it, like, triggers vomiting. It's methane gas. Or something, you know, where you just vomit yourself to death because of that. I mean, Four bucks a month, guys. Switch. That's <laughs> what you get. Oh, God. Brent what? Morrison asks, how do you deal with all the fakes and jokers roaming the entertainment world in L.A. in general? Fakes and jokers? Fakes and jokers. Plenty of those around here. Yeah, well, let's be honest, though. They came from somewhere else, so they were fakes and jokers in your town first. That's true. So, I don't know. You can sniff them out pretty pretty good. Sniff them out from a mile away. Just the... Well, I love, love the comic that's just... Oh, man. I'm okay at comedy, but I'm really good at networking. Uh, yeah. Moving and shaking. The mix of uh, those fuckers out here. That that the, the mix of hustle and talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that hustle. Uh, and a lot of times you see people with more hustle than talent. Absolutely, most of the mm-hmm. time. Because the people with talent just wait for somebody with hustle to take them. I want my, I want managers and agents to have the hustle. Because uh-huh. that's what needs to I'm just want to be good at this. I don't know. I I think. Every place in the world is going to have that mix of people. Now, this is a weird town full of people <laughs> thinking it's like a get-rich-quick type of town. Yeah. Or any comic that thinks it's like a get-rich-quick or like, good luck with your life. Yeah. And that's, but those are the people, like, if you got something because you hustled your way to it, 
I think quality will speak for itself. Mm-hmm. If you get something because you hustled it and then it sucks, <clears throat> then everybody knows that you suck. Yep. I mean, Netflix is a great example of, but not even hustling. That's a, a whole thing. Netflix is all about diversity right now, but not quality. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of comedy specials on there that are, and they're trying to conquer the globe. So I understand that you want to have represent, you know, representatives of all four corners of the earth on there with a stand-up special. Mm-hmm. Is it good? No. You're not putting the best versions of that type of comedy up there. Yep. Um, but those people got out in front. I don't know if they hustled to get the specials or if they were just like picked out because I don't know. It's my own bitterness. I, I don't know. I don't think it's I think it's whatever. I'm not scared of fake people. You meet them everywhere. There's and sociopaths in every line of work. Oh, fucking hustle, man. Mm-hmm. Fucking hustle. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Noah Carlo Armstrong. This may be a shit question for the Q&A. I've been considering stand-up for a while. I'm aware it's not easy, but from experience, it's the best and worst things to do for someone starting stand-up comedy. What do you think? Best and worst mm. things to do for someone to start? Yeah. Well, the worst thing to do is to get a website and business cards before you get five minutes of material. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you, let me give a shout-out to my old buddy Drew Thomas. If anybody knows Drew Thomas, uh, very funny dude. I don't know where he's based out of now, but he was he was the dude in Atlanta when I started. And uh, about 6'4", black mm-hmm. dude, just, just a giant dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, intimidating, too, like, like when I first started. Because yeah. he was good, but yeah. he also kind of had that swagger of like, you know... He knows he's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, not cocky, but just like, sure. He suffered no fools. You could tell. Yeah, just like, yeah. don't come to him with some old bullshit, or he'll put mm-hmm. you in, a, in your place. But uh, he told me like in the first month, uh, he's like, you know, I'll do a bad impression. But he kind of, he's a big dude, but he had a high voice. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, baby, all you gotta do is shut up and get good. <laughs> just shut up and get good. And it I is- took it to heart. Like, he, and what he meant was just sh- don't worry about anything other. <clears throat> Than getting good at comedy. Don't worry about your website. Yeah. Don't worry about your business cards. Don't worry about hustling. Don't worry about networking. Just shut the fuck up and get good at comedy. As I was saying, like getting out of the rut with comedy. The only way I'm going to get out of the rut with comedy is keep doing more comedy. Yeah. And for the love of God, if you're going to open mics, don't pack it full of your friends. Yeah. Do you want to know if you're really funny or do you just want support? Yeah. That's the, oh, you'd see people and they really thought they were just killers. Yeah. Because they had all their friends who thought they were the funniest one on the show. Yep. What a horrible way. Yeah. What terrible quality control. I didn't tell anybody. I went to open mics for a month or five weeks. Yeah. Before I could even get the balls to go up there. As you should. Learn a little bit of the, of the rules yeah. of the game before you try to play. Yeah, like, oh. No, people, what to do with the mic stand. Everybody, yeah, like, yeah, everybody, uh, you know, makes this mistake. Or, 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 or it was for me, it was like seeing people that would bomb and then come back the next week. Like, oh, they're back here. They haven't been shunned. It's part of it. Yeah. Bombing's part of it. It's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just you see, bring everybody. Like I wouldn't tell anybody I was doing comedy because no. you want get an honest reaction. Yeah, so you made strangers laugh. That's hard to do. at your jokes, not at you for being bad, but at your jokes, especially at an open mic. Yeah, where nobody needs to give a shit. That's the encouragement I wanted. Yeah, like that was proof. I want to know I'm doing well at this. Not that I can just have, that I have a support group. Yeah. 
Yeah, and just just repetition. Just get up as much as you can. Mm -hmm. And seriously, don't worry about anything. Like, what good is it to advertise your product if your product sucks? Spend a few years getting that product good first, you know? Yeah, the best advertisement is you being good on every show. I used to see idiots Mm -hmm. all the time. Been doing comedy three months. Got cool business cards. Well, I'm going on tour. Are you doing... Open mics in other towns. Yeah. Fantastic. You have enough mommy-daddy money to just drive around and... Don't try to label yourself. Had this one fucking dude. Oh, God. Been doing comedy three months. He had a business card said, Alternative Stand-Up Comedy. And it was him with his arms crossed with his... His tatted uh, oh, up that's arms. the that's the tatted up arms. Alternative yeah. stand up comedy, you know, because of my tats. That's the, you have to have the crossed arms. Like I'm going to tell you the truth, bad boy. Who who was it? Mouth mouth. Who it was? You don't have to say I'll it on the air. Tell you later. All right. Well, you, I was going to say mouth. Who it was? I was gonna... It's hard to do that without it coming out. All right. Well, I'm going to pause it. Sean Sean Penn. That you want to see an example of the worst comedy you've ever seen? That Sean Penn. Sucks. That fucking guy. Oh no, I'm kidding. No, Maybe, arguably the best comic there is eight, right now. I hate saying the best because it is subjective. Yeah. But my favorite comic yeah. to watch. Every time when we were on tour, and he was opening for me because only because I had more credits. I quit comedy. I quit comedy every night. I'd watch him do a set, then I would get so in my head about how I was going to do bad, and I'd do bad. Following him, every I night? just quit comedy. And, Jesus. Oh God, he's fantastic. Well, hold on, pa- wait, wait, we're gonna pause it. All right. Well, I got that out of the way then. Seamless pause. It, but it is a weird thing, like with with regards to like being new to comedy and doing something stupid like trying to you don't know like you have to make mistakes to learn things Mm -hmm. there is gradients to those mistakes you know from uh oh you know put the mic stand behind you don't put in front of you to uh total cluelessness and thinking you're going to crack into the big times you know without having enough material yeah but uh, oh, yeah, I just go and you know what? I was too chicken shit when I started in Chicago to go to music open mics and do stand up. I don't think I've ever done that, and I shouldn't have been. So if you're in a town where there's not a lot of open mics, start with yourself, uh, and don't be afraid to drop in at the music ones. Yeah. Well, yeah. and here's the thing: when you start, plus no- you'll stand out more at the music ones. True. Nobody knows anything mm-hmm. when they start, and that's understandable. But. Maybe play it close to the vest. Shut up. Shut your yeah. mouth and open your ears. There's yeah. a lot to be said for shutting the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Why Why advertise that you're a fucking idiot? Just shut up and listen and watch and learn. Yeah. I didn't learn anything from guys that were good at comedy. Guys that were good at comedy, I'm like, all right, you're good because you do this a lot. And also being funny is a, is a talent, not necessarily a... Uh... I heard that. We heard movement. Yeah. We heard ghosts. We have an intruder on the property. Charlie Chaplin's ghost. Just hear a shotgun rack. Oh, you've come to take my salsas. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I learned more from watching people that would screw up. Like, oh, you're doing the same jokes at open mic over and over again. That's not what open mic is for. Yeah. Like when you're starting out, you don't have a lot of material. Yeah, no. But I was just so excited that, like, I'm sure I did. I know I did tons of hack material, 
but there was no way to know what was hack when you're just like, oh, the whole world is open to you making jokes about it. Yeah. And only by seeing more comedy does that scope get smaller and smaller. And now I can't write a single joke without going – unless it's an actual story that happened to me. Mm-hmm. If I just write a joke – or that's why you know you don't write current event stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like every, every late night show has a team of expert writers yeah. talking about current events. I don't need to talk about Trump. I don't, I don't want to either. I, I, I firmly feel like if you want comedy about politics, watch late night shows or watch other comics – I will try to provide a moment in time where you don't have to hear about hear yeah, about that shit. Absolutely. Um, but every joke I write, I'm like, no, nope, that takes you know. I know who did that. Yeah. Oh, I know. But and that's every joke's everything's been talked about. Mm-hmm. Every story's been told. Yeah. You can't be you can't be accused of a hack if you're talking about your own life. Yeah, everything's been done mm-hmm. but you. I mean, granted, you know, if you have foreign parents, we get it. Well, and especially for younger comics, newer comics, uh, I think it's important that they watch a lot of stand-up, both yeah. in person and on TV, because uh, in terms of like parallel thought and stuff like that, mm-hmm. okay, it, it's fine if you're doing a joke that maybe I'm doing. You don't know who the fuck I am. But you should know that you're doing the same premise that Louie did. Yeah, if you Brian start with, if you start with do you ever notice? You know, but like... Pick the 20, 30 most popular comics. You should at least mm-hmm. familiarize yourself enough with their acts to where you know you're not doing a wildly popular Jim Gaffigan bit. That happened mm-hmm. to me. I had a Gaffigan bit almost, I mean, seriously, almost word for word. Like, same premise and same punchline. And what it was, was so it? fairly unique. And I was doing it for six months before I, I'm the one that caught it. I was watching mm-hmm. Gaffigan. It's like, oh, shit. It was a long time ago about a joke about... Um, being a fat guy and I don't like video cameras because I don't want to inadvertently wind up at some stock footage of, of some on some news story about obesity where they just shoot me from the, oh, from yeah. the neck down. Yeah, I've heard that. And I'm watching the news. And I'm like, I got those shoes. Yeah. Oh, shit, that's me. Yep. He has a very similar joke. And when, once I finally saw his, I was like, oh, well, shit, I can't, I can't do that one anymore. Yeah, I mean, don't, yeah, don't beat yourself up. Similar, you know, what do they call it? Parallel thinking. But, you know, my point is you can't plead ignorance when – you're you're having parallel thought with a comic whose special has been viewed ten million times. You know, yeah. The top tier guys, you should kind of know what their material is, so you don't duplicate. Yeah. All right, back to stuff. Chris Primo. If an alien were heading to Earth, what three members of the human race would you recommend they abduct to study the full range of your species' capacity, both good and bad? Wow. <laughs> Solid wow. question, Chris. Three me- Okay. Three members that aliens should abduct and study. <clears throat> I feel like one needs to be an athlete to just, like, this is what the human body is capable of. The best physic- What's the best physical specimen? The best, like, pure athlete, I think... Just off the top of my head, you, t- you don't want to give them a good one because what if they want to enslave us and be like, well, that guy can do it, so all of you guys can do it. True. I mean, but. Like, give him an average person and so you don't fuck up the curve. Yeah, that's true. But if we're just going, if we're like showing off, like, this is what oh, okay, you're yeah, capable yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Athletically, you'd be hard to find somebody more athletically and physically gifted than like LeBron James. He's 6'8. Mm-hmm. 
He's he's strong. Yeah. He's agile. He's fast. I mean, just pure athletics. You'd you'd find a you'd, you'd have a hard time finding yeah. somebody more athletic than LeBron. This is like a this is like a fantasy draft for the mm-hmm. golden record right yeah. now. Yeah, I would say like both good and bad. <clears throat> uh, I mean, you'd think Hitler's good, but if we're ta- if we're talking the whole human race. Sadly, that was the stuff I was reading about already, like how despicable some people were in this world. People like, you know, Pol Pot and dictators. Uh, You know, just some prime example of what not to do. You know, you got to get, you know, take a... Or a broken... Well, broken human being and evil human beings are different. You know, Ed Gein type... You know, killing people and making lamps out of their flesh. That's just a broken person. That's like a broken, not wired together correctly uh-huh. human being. Now, somebody doing something like that for political gain and, and power, that's an evil person. Okay. So, like, yeah, different. kill people, destroy my enemies, and it, indoctrinate everybody into, uh, you know, believing my way of thinking. It was a. Uh, was that Pol Pot? I think I was the one in charge of. Uh, oh, my God, my history is terrible. Somebody like that, though, or like a Hitler, mm-hmm. or something. Like that. I mean, Hitler's the easy one. Hitler's kind of a bad punchline nowadays. But as far as uh, yeah, that for some reason I want to go with uh, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> the more, the more, I, the more I hear about that guy, he just seems like a great dude. Yeah. Yeah, you read facts like weird facts about Keanu Reeves. He turned down eleven million dollars for it to be in Speed Two. Huh. Instead, he just went and played Hamlet in a, in a theater production in Winnipeg. Really? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, that he would take he would take lesser he would take less money for his roles, so they would have more money to cast bigger actors. That's cool. Athletes will occasionally do that. They'll take pay cuts so they can get good yeah, teammates. Yeah. And, and you know what? He takes knocks for his acting. Uh-huh. But between the Matrix where he's like, all right, that's the kind, you want kind of a dull-looking yeah. dude. And then John Wick. John Wick got Keanu Reeves back on my map. I haven't seen that yet. It's just an ass-kicking movie. The viral and he video- does all his own stuff. Like him like – Running around at a shooting range, twirling, picking up different guns. I'm seeing that one, the the shooting range. Is that yeah. like him prepping for John Wick? Yeah, that's just all his training. He's yeah. like skilled with all this stuff yeah. just to be – just for the, those movies. Make it look realistic, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give him – I'm going to give him Keanu Reeves, Pol Pot, and uh, – and uh, – I don't know, maybe like Dolly Parton or something. <laughs> Why Dolly? Because she just has just a demeanor that like, <laughs> I think she would be the one to be like, oh yeah, we're not going to enslave these people. This is one of yours. Yeah. We love her. She's great. <laughs> you know, just charm and funny little jokes. Like you guys have this? Do you have more of these? This is delightful. Yeah, she'd just be all just cute and bubbly and fun. Oh, God. That's good. What about, all right, kind of to, to uh, segue off this question, who would you shove out there as, like, our representative? Like, 
if there had to be some sort of negotiations or some sort of presentation, who's the one human you're like, you go talk to him? Elon Musk, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, he might be one of them already. We were talking about yeah. that after we recorded yesterday. He might be. Or uh, <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, I mean, as far as a pure intellectual choice, and like, you know, that movie Arrival, where they got to figure out how to communicate and yeah. all that. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, you want to pick, okay, like a scientist would be a wise choice. But again, that's where Dolly Parton comes into play, or David Lee Roth. You know, <laughs> David Lee Roth. Yeah, <laughs> somebody who's like already weird themselves, so they're not creeped out by the idea. Like, or like like an Andre three thousand. Like you're already just a weirdo. I love Andre. That like, I think that's somebody who would just be more open and not be too worried about the analytics. Like. A true, free, open spirit. Yeah, you know, with with a with a Neil deGrasse Tyson there to be like, all right, it's communicating, and these are the words it's choosing. Mm-hmm. What do you want to say back? Scooby doobly bop. <laughs> Translate that one. Oh, that's N G T N D T. Valerie Green, would you be willing to do an AMA on the subreddit? Moderator here. Hey, thanks for doing that, Valerie. Oh, is she the one that's doing that? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. We're still learning how to work all this stuff. Yeah. Real nice of you, Valerie. I bet eventually. If you could be a long-term guest co-host on another podcast, what would it be? I don't, I'm too dumb to do yeah. Mysterious Universe, but I enjoy those fellas. Yeah, I like those guys. Um... Uh, I also enjoy the uh, stuff they don't want you to know podcast. Yeah. That's always informative, mm-hmm. but those guys can—they're—they're not—they're not trying to be comedians, yeah. which I'm so happy mm-hmm. that like if they crack each other up, it's organic. But mostly, they're conveying information. Hmm. Hey, Ness, Dave, would you rather go vegan for five years or be gay with Kyle for the rest of your days? Oh, about the rest of your days, I would—I would suck your dick right off your body. Really? Just one shot rather than go vegan for five more years. I did it for three, and it was oh boy. for three months, three no, years. Years ago, I was a, a, well, not a vegan. I was a vegetarian for three years, only because of my ex girlfriend. Where? What, I don't get a say in this. No, he's asking me. Yeah, man, I, I'll rip your dick right off. That's definitely just, not vegan. Just to get it over with. That's not vegan. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I didn't have a fucking say yeah, in this just, whole thing. Just be still, Kyle. This will be over in a minute. All right. Why don't you just lay off the... <laughs> Pat McCarthy. Uh, Pancakes versus waffles versus French toast. Follow-up. Hash, hash, home fries or hash browns? Oh, that's easy. Hash browns. Yeah, Pancakes, that's fun. waffles, French toast. It's all a mood. Yeah. And it's all very similar. It's kind of like it's the Taco Bell of breakfast. It's all kind of the same shit, just repackaged. Yeah, that's a, that's a mood issue. I can't I can't say one forever. I mean, if you were to say like pick one forever, I would do it. But if you like what, over all of them, right now, right now when you I say those pick, things, well, not, yeah, not forever. But if we're eating breakfast tomorrow morning, just pick. I'd probably go with French toast. I'm feeling waffles right now. Yeah, but I love a pancake. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, yeah, man. Uh. 
Oh, here's a question that also makes this a topic that we've yet to address. Ben Steikleather, when will we be hearing an episode with special guest Action Dinosaur? Do you want to explain what that is? Oh, man, yeah. We haven't talked about that yet. No, it's just these dudes, like, we, we, we want to do a silly cartoon, and we just thank you for the voice. And I was like, all right, it's funny. And the Twitter account cracks me up. They make action dinosaurs, a skateboarding, guitar playing. It's a rad dinosaur. 1980s radical dinosaur that only, makes, uh, that only makes dad jokes on Twitter, and they're... <laughs> you are a radical dinosaur. <laughs> Like, here, here's the last one. I like the expression, I'll eat my hat, mostly because I'll take any excuse to eat a hat. It's just stupid. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, it's just uh, it's going to be a cool cartoon, and I hope they get enough money. So go to the Kickstarter for Action Dinosaur. Hmm. You can find it on Twitter. It's at A-K-S-H-U-N Dinosaur. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's what it is. And it's fun and dig it. Uh, Daniel Bayot. Bayot. If you guys could do a ghost hunt anywhere in the world without worries of trespassing or danger of shitty old buildings, what would it be and what equipment snacks would you bring for an overnight investigation? Hmm. If it's a ghost hunt and without trespassing or danger, Chernobyl. Chernobyl. But now I'm going outside of the ghost thing wondering what – because they evacuated it. But people, I think, died on the site. I just want to go to Chernobyl. Yeah. It's like that. There's those YouTube videos of the one woman like, nothing's bad here. And she's like eating the fruit on the trees in Chernobyl and everything. She's like an artist though. She's not a scientist. She's like an artist. You know, it's weird. Like it was weird. Like real – like daring. It's like if jackass wasn't funny, they would just be called artists. Um, Man, I would like to go investigate uh, Gettysburg. It was the deadliest uh, battle in the Civil War. Yeah, forgot what the numbers were, but it was something crazy. Like in 36 hours, like I don't know, eight thousand people died. And there's all kind of hauntings and sightings of ghosts. And now it's just like a big cow pasture. Yeah, but it's still the same field. It looks pretty much like it did 150 years ago. And uh, they say there's all kinds of crazy activity around there. I mean, you think about – I don't know if that number is right, but hypothetically, 8,000 people died in a day and a half. You're going to have – and not just died, died violent deaths. Musket deaths. <laughs> Marbles being shot into you. Yeah, that would be something to experience. Oh, here's a good conspiracy. Kevin Allen. What do you guys think of the false missile alert in Hawaii? My wife thinks it was legit, but the missile was intercepted. And to cover up an attack, they claimed it was just a false alarm. I think that's almost giving too much credit to the military and to Trump keeping his – well, if it did happen, they didn't tell Trump it was real. Yeah. I think they keep him in the pro- uh, pro- pro- probable deniability, whatever the phrase is. Like <laughs> he's out in the need – he doesn't need to know. Yeah. Because he wouldn't deal with it well. Yeah. But no, if it was, then you would have been hearing all this chatter out of North Korea saying, we did it. Yeah, that's true. They're, they would have to cover up a lot of ends if it actually happened. Yeah. So interesting thought, but I don't think it was a cover-up. Yeah. That's my take on it. Hmm. Let's see what else we got here. 
Oh, man. Uh, Andrew K. asked, Kyle, I was listening to Kurt Brownell's pod the other day. Could you take us through you doing stand-up for bikers wearing jet ski bikers gear? Sounds like a hoot. That's a great episode. Oh, was, man, that was fucked up. Roustabout, was that the name of it? Yeah, Kurt Brauneller. Very funny dude. I think it was on. Com- it was a Comedy Central, yeah, web series. And he, that. he was going to ride a jet ski down the length of the Mississippi River to raise money to get chickens and goats to villages in Africa. They're sustainable animals. Uh-huh. And that was his cause, and so he's going to raise money by jet skiing theoretically down all the Mississippi. And when I got there, they had been on it for like two weeks already. And it was like landing in Vietnam and looking at people like, Oh, they had been you're new. on that journey for two weeks. Yeah. And having to like pull them out. Cause like certain parts, you couldn't go down like all kinds of shit that, that just got thrown their way. And so we were on this, it wasn't technically the Mississippi. It was some Tennessee, Alabama lake, uh-huh. uh, you know, border lake. And so, oh, we got to shoot this show. We got to kind of do a show, but we're doing it at you know one in the afternoon in the middle of the week. And the bar owner's like, "Well, I can get some people in here." And it was this bike gang. And it was like all these bike gang. We were like Kurt Brown. Like the reason I showed up, I was part of this fake jet ski gang called the Wet Ones, and we had like these pleather vests on with like little motorcycle patches on the back. It was so funny, <laughs> and it was like legit bikers, like yeah. real. And you did great, by the way. I, or at least they edited it to me. No, I thought I was going to die. So I was like, <clears throat> we're drinking shots. Yeah. Like right there at noon. Like this has a great possibility of going very south. Because <laughs> the one guy was like shaking people's hand, like but like crushing the producer's hands. Like, I think it's mighty nice of us to show up. So it'd be mighty nice if some uh, some beers were coming around for free. And they're like, yeah, yeah let's, get, let's get you guys some beers. And uh, some uh, some words for black people that really? you don't say. You have to edit that out. Uh, yeah. Shout around yeah, shout around that. And then they're all sitting there. And I just went up and I went prison rules. And I picked on the biggest dude who had a spider web tattooed across his face. And uh, I was like, fuck it, man. I'm just going to bust balls. Like, not mean, but, like, let's just try and be like, all right, goofing around. I'm going to make fun of this guy. And if everybody else laughs, I know I'm okay. And if they're not laughing while I'm making fun of the leader, I'm going to die. Yeah. But they all laughed, and it was rowdy, and it was like we got through it. But it was uh, – I, that, I that is one of the sets I'm most proud of. Yeah. Of all the things I've done, like, to do – like, to be in my swim trunks in a fake motorcycle – plastic motorcycle vest. Yeah. In front of legit – like, not like a motorcycle enthusiast club. Like, they're a bike gang. Yeah. Well, going back to whoever's question that was about getting into stand-up. All right. I, I don't necessarily recommend this your first couple months. But sometime in that first year, you need to get comfortable performing in front of all types of crowds. I, I never did that when I started. I was always, like, in my little open mic, yeah. coddled uh, alternative friendly rooms for a long time. Yeah, I mean, those that'll come to bite, come back to bite you if you're not careful. But, like, you got to – because here's the thing. When you start to work the road a little bit, when you start getting paid gigs, you can't drive six hours to some gig, and, and you got to have that money to get back home and then show up and go, oh, this isn't really my audience. No thanks. No you got a gig, you got a gig. you got to mm-hmm. make it work. 
you know, no matter who's in the audience. Yeah. That, that's one thing that amuses me about sometimes these alt scene here. It's like, okay, yeah, great. Those references all worked at Nerd Melt. Yeah. But good, but luck, do you, good luck taking that shit. Do you have the, the chop? Yeah. Do you have, but, and if they're not trying to do that, then no fault. I mean, do see, you also see the guys that, like, have the road polish and they'll yeah. do a show and don't have know, know how to, like, hey, cut loose. We yeah. can tell when you're selling us material you've yeah. been doing for two years. Yeah. Well, that's why I always preach to younger comics. I feel like you need both. I know you didn't really work the road early in your career, but at mm-hmm. some point, I think you need both. The road gives you chops and polish, yeah. And being a part of a good scene keeps you honest. Your sensibilities honest, you know, in origi- yeah. your originality. Because in a in a good scene, your peers are gonna, you know, when you start going up with some old hack bullshit, your peers are gonna be like, "Hey, dude, that's that's some hack bullshit." And then on the road. You know, like I just said, you got to learn to adapt to any crowd. So I feel like you do need both, and that's something I've always put emphasis mm-hmm. on: is trying to find that balance of do the. You know, Atlanta was a cool scene. We had a cool back of the room scene. A lot of Oops. a lot of smart comics that would let you know, like you still doing that piece of shit. Oh, yeah, <clears throat> or you like, could tell, like yeah, comics that. <clears throat> Expect the audience to come to them, and then comics that only go to the audience. Yeah. You know, there's a comics that are like, "What are we doing? Partying, drinking? Boy, did I get drunk? Just you know, drinking, drinking, fucking jokes." Yeah. You're 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 appealing to the lowest common denominator on the road, yeah. so you can get invited back next month and make fifty bucks. Yeah. And I was on the other end where I'm like, "No, this audience knows who I am. And they're expecting whatever kind of co- comedy I did." So I was on the other spectrum. It's being able to go on the road and give them a little bit to yeah. then get them on your side. Yeah. And to take rowdy drunks and then still tar- start telling the jokes yeah. that you want to and selling it to yeah. them. There's some salesmanship in there. Well, we, we talked about this before, but just the concept of like preaching to the choir. Like, you know, you think you're doing some real mm-hmm. open-minded, progressive ideas in front of a, a room full of people who think exactly like you. You know, it's mm-hmm. really stepping out on a limb there. Do we touch on this brett morrison why do americans love guns and hate people oh yeah uh yeah we're about uh, 24 hours after as soon as i saw i'm like all right not watching the news another mass shooting nothing's gonna change nope. uh because the nra has bought off all the politicians <clears throat> and uh we've convinced ourselves that violence will befall us mm-hmm. and we need to have guns to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I, I it's <clears throat> the psychological attraction to the power that a gun brings you, mm-hmm. and the idea of security that a gun brings you. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've said this before. I'm. I don't want to say I'm pro-gun, but I'm a gun guy. But Fucking assault rifles, automatic weapons. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Nobody needs an AR-15. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's like everybody tries to bring the comparison of like, well, cars could kill people. It's like, oh. Cars are also regulated. Mm-hmm. You have to pass tests. And the AR-15 is like if everybody had a semi-truck instead of just a car. Yeah. You can get done what you want to get done within a car. Mm-hmm. SUV. Yeah. Pickup truck, you know, but a, for a, for no reason you have a Mack truck. Yeah, yeah, for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 
it's a, I, it's I can't. A, I don't even. I don't even know what to talk about on this subject. Mediator. It's 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 worn out. Um, as stuff like that happens, I get into my uh, America is on its deathbed as a country, and I'm looking for other places to live. That's a that's a bummer. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, that sucks. What are you going to talk about? Lee Singleton said, Dave, thanks for the suggestions. He went to House of Pies and it was really good. You suggested House of Pies? For breakfast. I said, Fred 62, and he was talking about Los Feliz. I want to go eat breakfast. Oh, okay. Fred 62 very and House of Pies across the street from each other. Both that mess hall got, got a bad rap from everybody I talked to, and I went there. It was really good. Never eat there. It was really good. I know what you're talking about. It's good? Uh, yeah. Um, House of Pies was the only places that I sent back my food. Really? What was it? I ordered. I sat at the counter, and I just got. I don't know if I got like huevos rancheros or something. They clearly forgot to put my order in. Uh huh. And then, like, I've been waiting and waiting, and it wasn't packed, but I could tell they were short staffed. And the guy, and when, and then I when I finally I watch the guy. It was absolute trash. What I got. And I watched the cook grab, like, with his bare hands, the potatoes off the – not off the grill or something. Something was just grabbed with bare hands and then just put on the plate in full view. And it was, like, just two runny eggs with green chili sauce half drizzled off the plate. And I was like, hey, man, I'll pay you for this, but look at this. I'm not eating this. I saw your dude just grab the stuff with his bare hands. Uh I'm like, just give me the bill. I'm not going to eat this. Like, I wait. I've been here for 35 minutes. You're not that busy. I waited yeah. 35 minutes for a simple dish. They charge and, you? and I was like, look, look at this. Like one of those things where I'm like, look at what you gave me. Yeah. Did they agree? He's like, just don't worry about it. Wow. And I still, I still leave a tip. The guy was filling my coffee and everything. I'll tip. It's not that guy's fault. Yeah. The only other time I was on, on the Venice Boardwalk once. We got chicken wings, and it looks like somebody just uh, deep fried like like a dead pigeon. And I had to take the server, and like they already have a rough job. Like it's probably you get to LA, it's your first gig, and yeah. like oh, I work on Venice, and you realize tourists don't tip, and you're working in the worst environment ever. I'm like I'm like, look at what you gave. These are just deep fried bones. Like I had to be like, would look at these and tell me these are wings that. You would want to eat. Yeah. And she just had her like, everybody just had their like, I'm going to get fired. Anyway, that was my last experience at House of Pies. Normally good. And that one was so bad. I have not uh, entertained them since. Oh, man. That's a bummer. Yeah, I I like the old House of Pies. Get that uh, two eggs, two pancakes, two sausage, hash browns, $7.95. It's a good deal. It's a good deal. We've got some heavy questions in here. Oh, yeah? What do we got? Schizotypal Disciples says, Kyle and Dave, how should, I, how should I go about disclosing a schizophrenia illness in a dating setting? The conventional wisdom is that the girl should be eased into it a, a few dates down the road. Personally, I'm starting to feel if she can't tell what business it of hers that I want to go squatching and buy ghost hunting equipment. Well, that doesn't mean you're schizophrenic. I don't want to be dishonest with her, but experience has taught me she'll bail a short few months after disclosure. You two have girlfriends despite preoccupation with conspiracies and half 
party, half of the party living in a van. What advice would you give the high-functioning, seriously mentally ill person in the dating world? I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at you saying that does. I'm a student at a state college and work part-time as a writer for the marketing department on campus. That's a real question. And, uh, wow, normally you don't feel real, field real questions like that. Um, I think your chances... I don't think your chances are being honest up front. Why have something good going and then compromise it with what would be maybe viewed as withholding the truth? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, uh, you know, how much, you know, how much you see she would pick up that you're schizophrenic. I think you're right. Conventional wisdom. A few dates. Things are going good, but you're not totally serious yet. And be like, listen, I have something to tell you. And I think that's, uh, you know, hopefully with with treatment, you know, you're doing you're doing all right. You know, I have a friend. He calls them his even Steven pills that he takes. Uh, Is he I, schizophrenic? Uh, I, that, uh, I don't know what he's got. He stabbed a refrigerator. I don't know if I know anybody that's schizophrenic. I mean, I'm aware of the condition, and I'm aware of some of the characteristics that come with that, but I, I don't think I have any experience. Like, And this is by no means a slight on this dude, uh, but just a lot of times when I think of schizophrenic, yeah. I think of like the crazy homeless guy. Yeah, I, well, you're I, saying the untreated worst-case yeah. scenario of yeah, it. Yeah, I don't see the functioning in society, you know, got it under control. Uh, maybe I have met and do know people that way. Yeah. That, it just hasn't been revealed to me. I feel uneasy about doling out any advice. I would think that if I don't know with treatment of schizophrenia, if there's also, a, a, you know, a, a therapist element to it, maybe, you know, you're also speaking to a professional and, you know, a therapeutic setting. I think that would be a question for them about how to handle that. And because they've probably dealt with scenarios like that before. And I'm sure there's, you know, I mean, just because you like ghosts and weird stuff, that's, you know, I just got to. Yeah, it's not self-diagnosing based on that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty heavy one to self-diagnose. Just because you want to do weird shit doesn't mean you're schizophrenic. I don't know, man. I would always say go to uh, professionals for that. I'm I'm very weary of when comics get full of themselves, and now when people do reach out to them for advice, they start doling it out with no uh, professional experience yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, there's a few that uh, get a little into their get on their get on their high horses, you know. A few, yeah. Well, speak- it's like it's like mini cult leaders. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I would say if you're not already talking to somebody uh, on a therapy basis, that would be a question for them. Um, but I would always, I would I would be uh, I would be upfront about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. See how that works. Speaking of comics, uh, Austin Kaus 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 Kaus. Just write simpler names. From both meeting comedians and having some friends I know, uh, that's their kind of vibe among comedians, that sometimes it prevents them from wanting to hang out with anyone else. When you're hanging out with a non-comic, 
What do you want out of the conversation? Unrelated note, stoked to see you in South Dakota in a few months, Kyle. Um, that's a good question. Like, I was thinking about this the other day, and I think I may have addressed this. And this is the God's honest truth. I've been doing comedy 11 years. I literally have zero friends that aren't comedians. And what I mean by that, like, I have acquaintances. I, you know, yeah, Rachel, you know, would be a friend. That's not yeah, common. but like for the most part, I don't really have any friends that I keep in touch with a lot. Yeah, that aren't comics. My social circle is going out to a show. Yeah. Even if I'm not on the show, I'm going to know people. I'll go hang out at the show. Yeah. Um. And for years, that was I kind of got up my own ass about that. Was almost preferred, like. You know, I can't carry on a conversation with somebody unless they're funny, you know. And, and mm-hmm. to a certain degree, a little bit of that still lingers. Like, because that is our world, that's our life, that's our social circle, I want to be around funny people. But sometimes it is a – like when I tour and after the show, maybe I'll hang out meet an audience member yeah. fan or whatever. Like, it's refreshing change of pace to be like, oh, cool, someone who's not – Having to be on or trying to tag every joke I see, you know, like yeah, oh, just a normal human being. Cool. Yeah, I I don't mind. Like, it's nice to be, it's nice to be liked and have your work appreciated. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in an environment where people are getting drunk. You definitely no need to be nervous. If I'm out at the bar after, I'm not usually at the bar afterwards, or I wait till a lot of people leave to go hang out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but just a simple, you know. You know, I, it's always nice to be like, hey, I like what you do. Yeah. And I say, oh, thank you very much. And that's sincere. Mm-hmm. I don't need. Uh, yeah, I don't need you to it? kiss my ass. No. I don't, you know, just, yeah, yeah I enjoy it. Now. Just hang I, out. I enjoy And that's one of the things I love so much about touring. And I think it's because L.A. puts you in this bubble. I like getting out and seeing what the rest of the country's doing, you know. Oh hey dude, we, oh you work at uh, you work at this factory or you do this or tell me about that because I don't know anything about that because my whole world is common. That's yeah. And when you meet people are like oh yeah, if it's you know band guys or whatever kind of crafts you you know <clears throat> guys that uh, McLaren Wood Shop that just kind of closed up, but they years ago made me a beard comb. They would make beard combs out of old skateboard decks and yeah. they did a little silk screen and my logo for my first album. And I still haven't officially met them, but I feel like I'm like. Oh, you're doing something different. Like you're following a passion. Yeah. That's always interesting to hear about. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, and I think maybe that's the the different like a lot of comics and and, and at one time myself included definitely up our own asses that like we think we're special cuz we're following our dream. Yeah. Or we we're following, we're utilizing maybe a talent that we have. Yeah, and that's great. And that's to be commended. But guess what? Comedy isn't the only dream or passion or talent that someone could have. Yeah, I, I hats off to anybody who's pursuing their dream or utilizing their talent. I think mm. it's the people that maybe I used to and maybe still do roll my eyes at. Just the lifestyle of like nine to five, white picket fence, two point five kids, just because that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to take a chance. But like, whatever you you know, what building beard combs, making barbecue, building motor, whatever mm. it is. Find something you like to do and do the fucking shit out of it. Try to have some fun mm-hmm. along the way. And uh, that's something I think getting older that I realized, like, oh, yeah, just because I'm following my dreams doesn't mean that this is the only path. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm happy to listen to an interesting person. Uh-huh. You know, 
that's I'm him. You know, don't dominate a conversation. Although I, I, you know, I'd like to sit here and be like, hey, why don't you take some social cues? But people are socially awkward. I know that's what happens. You know, like especially for comedy. You know, comedy is one of those things you can kind of go like bands. You can come see it by yourself yeah. and have a good time. Yeah. Like a comedy club's a weird place. That's why I try to do shows at, just at bars. Go come by yourself. Yeah, a lot of single tickets sold. To the Canane shows. Absolutely. And to play <clears throat> off of this question real quick, and I can't find it at the moment, but somebody asked a similar question, um, basically, and I'm paraphrasing because I can't find it, but what, what's the best way to approach you at a show? Like, or how, do you, how do you like to be approached by a fan or an audience member? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. If you liked it, just hey. Yeah, great. hey what's up, you liked dude? it. Thank you. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. I, hope, I hope you got your money's worth. Yeah. That's a trick. That's why you charge cheap ticket prices because mm-hmm. you can give people a twenty dollars show. Yeah. Charge people fifty dollars. That's hard to give somebody a fifty dollars show. Oh man, most of my tickets are eight <clears throat> or ten bucks, so don't expect much. Good. Dave must be great. <laughs> <clears throat> What's the Larissa says? What is the most embarrassing site or search in your recent browser history? I was actually thinking about this today. Ooh. You're not going to be able to know what I was looking up, but the words I had to look up were I, I looked up spank Uzi crank boots. What do you think that is? Like all, that's all one thing? That's the search, yeah. Spank Uzi crank boots. No idea what that could be. <laughs> As I was typing it, I'm like, this does not sound like what I'm looking for. What What were you trying to get out of that search? I got uh, <clears throat> new cr- carbon cranks on my mountain bike. Uh. Carbon crank arms and spank Uzis are the type of pedal. Uzi, O-O-Z-Y, are the type of pedals that I have. And their bearings are too wide. And I want to get crank boots, which is our little sleeves that go on the end of the carbon boots. When you hit them on rocks, they don't get all gnarled because it's carbon fiber. Mm. But as I was typing out spank Uzi crank boots, I was like, that definitely has some kink to it. (laughs) I watched a tutorial on how to suck my own dick. Did you? No. I did watch a YouTube video recently. Uh, this isn't that weird, but uh, I watched a 27-minute video on how to skin a deer. not ashamed of it, but that's just a little, I guess, a little awkward. I mean, you got to learn sometime. Mm-hmm. We're getting up there, man. Yeah. We're about ready to land this shit boat. Yeah. Anything else you see? Was Dave a stripper or a male escort? Did you ever do that stuff, Dave? Um, that is a that is a uh, yeah. that is a specific genre. Don't really have a that somebody's spot. requesting out of you. Yeah. Although I, I still I still might put out a uh, like some sort of bear erotic calendar. Getting hard up for cash. Yeah, get, get a lot of get a lot of. Uh, a lot of fans out there in, in that uh, 12, 12 months of stone. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see big hairy belly and some short shorts. Rachel always Rachel, – Rachel said the best thing. She's like – we're joking. She just wants to make a dick calendar, like just but like Ann Gettys. She she does the one like the it's like babies, but it'll be like a baby dressed like Cupid or a baby with like a sunflower around it for May. So it's the baby's dicks. Yeah, just dress up your dicks, dick. dicks dressed up like <laughs> for the different months. That's pretty funny. I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't scared. Ugh, only twenty eight days in February. Huh? <laughs> 
Get it? Short month. <laughs> um, man, I don't know what else. I think I'm jet lagged. We got a lot of questions. Yeah. We, I'm sorry we didn't get to all of them. Are there any more live Boogie Monster shows in the works? Possibly the Pacific Northwest run. We might be putting some stuff together. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of stuff we could run through. Can you guys get really drunk and do a live show? Almost certainly. We'll see. Uh, you mentioned from time to time being in a band, Kyle. Uh, I I could maybe put some stuff up on Patreon. Otherwise, we were called the Grand Marquis. You will never find it. Do you have some um, recordings? Yeah, I got it. Oh, man. I, I got them in here somewhere. I could hear you shred. It's the old pop punk. Think of what music sounded like. Think of what a guy wearing a chain wallet in the mall in 1997 would sound like, and that is what it sounds like. You were a guitar player? Did you also sing? <clears throat> yeah, no, I would. Uh, I knew I couldn't sing. I remember the one time I like went up to the mic to sing backups, and my sister was in the front row, and she just made a face like, "Don't ever do that again." <laughs> and I know she wasn't trying to be mean. I was just like, "You're okay. Yep. That's what I needed to hear." Point taken. If Bigfoot. Was represented with the rest of the monster cereals. Frankenberry, Booberry, and Count Chocula. That's my fantasy draft, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, what flavor would he be? Beef jerky. For cereals, Dave. Beef jerky cereal. No, but it's got it. You're not playing on the thing. Oh, okay. Bigfoot would be. You know what cereal I loved back in the day, and I don't think they make it anymore? Um, Golden Grahams. Oh, they make fucking Golden Grams. Do they? I haven't seen them. Hell yeah, they make Golden Grams. Golden Grams? They make cinnamon Golden Grams. I have to get a box of Golden Grams. Golden Grams. I mean, well, I'm talking out of school. I don't know. I'm just assuming. I can't imagine a world without Golden Grams. Yeah. Golden? I've looked, and I haven't seen them. Really? Yeah. Golden Grams. Maybe it's a regional. Golden Grams. Maybe they're not out here. I can't. Yeah, I don't think anybody's feeding their kids, like, Sweet bullshit cereals anymore, so they're probably having a hard time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I love a golden gram. You're dead, dead right about that. I love a cinnamon toast crunch. That was the number one to me. That's the best. Now, obviously, terribly unhealthy, but if you're just going for pure breakfast cereal pleasure, I don't know what's better than Cap. I mean, uh, Cookie Crisp, cinnamon toast crunch, Cap Crunch. I like too. Cap Crunch, Cookie Crisp. Even as a kid, Cookie Crisp was. I was like, come on. Even as a kid, I was like, Pfft. no, I was like, Just I think my cookies. parents were like that. It's a bowl of yeah, I think my parents were like that. Yeah. That was my buddy. Like when you like, my buddy wanted to get a stand up, like the perfect bit. <laughs> And you're just high, and like a friend will just ramble, and there's the cereal called Oops All Crunch Berries. Yeah, he's like, it's fucking ridiculous. It's Oops All Crunch Berries. It's more than Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries. And the company itself, General Mills is telling you they made a mistake with the title of the cereal, and they're charging you more for it. It's fucking preposterous. And I'm like, that's, that's a great bit. The title is called Oops, All Crunch Berries. We fucked up. Here's a bunch of Crunch Berries, and you're going to charge me more money for it? For a manufacturer's defect? <laughs> It's fucking hilarious. Was there also, did they also oops the packaging? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oops, <laughs> oops, all crunch berries. And you're charging me more? This is bullshit. That's funny. How about this? I'm looking up Golden Graham's ice cream treats. Oh, yeah? No, granola bars? Well, not granola bars. Chocolate marshmallow something. I don't know. Yeah, I love Golden Graham's. Uh, what else you got? Anything else? Anybody else out there? 
uh, Joe, are people from the South friendlier than in New England? Well, yes. I haven't spent a lot of time in New England. Fucking yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. I have and yes. People in the South are friendly. Outside of the racism. Mm-hmm. Although I do like that New England accent. Pack the cat and have a gag. <laughs> Fuck your kid. <laughs> That's a, oh. Hey, kid. <laughs> All right. Suck my fucking dick. My fucking cack. All right. Well. Did you ever tell you the time? I was in Boston one time, and I was in a bar, and the uh, Red Sox were playing the Yankees on the TV. And, of course, that's a, maybe the biggest rivalry in all the sports. Yeah. And uh, it was all Boston Red Sox fans. And Jeter, Derek Jeter, who was there also, the big guy for the Yankees, uh, he did something good. Had a home run, did something. And this guy goes, Derek fucking Jeter. <laughs> like the most robust yeah. New England, just Derek. The, almost like almost traded the D for a T. Yeah, Derek fucking Jada. Yeah, I love. It. Sometimes I think like they know somebody from out of town is listening, so they turn it up. Yeah, that's what it, it probably might have been the case. But man, he amped it up. Derek. I know. I was playing Boston, and Shane Torres was open for me. And he just went out there and did a good set. He's like, oh, everybody, give it up for the world's biggest Yankee fan, oh, Kyle Kinane. I don't give a shit about any baseball. <laughs> and they straight up were like, boo! I'm like, he's not. It's not real. I don't care. <laughs> and I was like, man, that really kind of sucked. Like, yeah. it wasn't even funny. And then he did it again on the second show. I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch. What a bastard. Yeah, the bastard. The nicest guy in stand-up. Yep. Anyway... <laughs> So in Oz, our indigenous people point the bone at people they want dead. There's plenty of Google stuff to support it. As a kid, had a few mates who were scared as shit about it. They were aboriginal. Oh, Oz. uh, The fuck is Oz? Point the bone. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's a euphemism. Oh. Oz is uh, Australia. Oh. Right? So what's, what, uh, forgive me for not – he is. He's calling it OZ. But uh, they're indigenous people. Point the bone at people they want dead. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Point the bone. Uh, do you believe in that kind of stuff and doesn't exist elsewhere? I mean there's curses. There's – you know – I don't know. I think if you believe in a curse, then maybe psychosomatically you can get yourself all riled up. Uh-huh. Oh, man, I don't know. I can't answer this question. I'm fucking fried. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> God, I'm, I let my spend my last ever is getting excited about Golden Grams. I think we can. I think we can land this plane. All right. Well. Y'all been nice. Yeah, and seriously, I say this every time, but I'm not pandering. I'm sincere. Thank you so much. Uh, really do appreciate the support. From all you patrons. Patrons. You patrons. Q&A every month. Plus, uh, Dave's yeah, we got kitchen. them patrons. Dave's Kitchen should be coming out about uh, around the first of every month, so be on the lookout for those. And uh, Oh, yeah, holler at me if, you, if there's a recipe you want to see. I feel like uh, doing a little too much hearty, savory stuff. I may have to do another one, the next one, on like a dessert or something, something light. But uh, Podcast at gmail.com if you... Uh, you might have your own kitchen to do it, Dave's yeah, Kitchen. That's true. It might, might finally live up to the name. 
been uh, not walking in with a backpack full of your ingredients. <laughs> I do. I have to. I have to uh, bring all my all my cookware. And people give me shit like, "Oh, I can't believe you're using a a coil top oven." I'm like, "Well, it's not my. I don't have an oven. I got to <laughs> use whatever my buddies." Why would somebody be upset for using a coil top oven? Well, just because it's it's harder to cook with as opposed to gas. <laughs> Like an electric oven. Oh, electric. Okay. It's easy right. burn shit and stuff like that. And one time, the guy was uh, using a metal utensil on a, on a nonstick thing. And I was like, I'm just using whatever he's got. Yeah. I, I don't have it's anything. Being, it's called being resourceful. Yeah. Just fucking take it down a notch. All right. Yeah. Thanks, patrons. Uh, every month, uh, yeah, you know the deal. But, uh, yeah, we'll see you next month. We'll, see, we'll see you next month. I love you and the Lord loves you. Holler. At your boys. The Boogie Monster.